Elevates on a three. It's an air ball. Wow. And the Aces have gone the road to Rupp Arena in Lexington, Kentucky and stunned the number one Wildcats 67-64. This is Aces on the Air, the official podcast for Evansville Athletics. Craig lines it into center field base hit. Here comes Brooks from around third. He will score. And the Aces walk it off again. Aces on the Air is brought to you by Toroni's Pizzeria and Brewery. Claim a $3 off value at any 2023-2024 UE Athletics event on campus. Sherry sends one into shallow right field. It's a base hit. Here comes Craig around third. There is no throw. Simon says game winner. Now here's the voice of the Aces, Jevin Redmond. This is Aces on the Air, brought to you by Taronis and powered by Learfield. Hello, Aces fans. I'm Jevin Rebin. Glad you're with us this week for episode 13 of Aces on the Air, which brings us Tori Yaros, who's in her third season on staff with Evans Women's Basketball under head coach Robin Sherwells. This past offseason, Coach Yaros was promoted to recruiting coordinator. We talk about that new role and also how her three seasons have been here at the University of Evansville. Tori shares her story about growing up in New York, and Tori played basketball at a very high level. She had a successful college career at Marist College in New York, playing in the NCAA tournament. She then went on to play professionally, had two stints with the Dallas Wings, the WNBA, in training camp, and then she had a five-season career professionally overseas with teams in Poland, Italy, Greece, Israel, Australia, Lithuania, and Puerto Rico. 2023 was a big year for Coach Yaros, as Tori also married her wife, Samantha. This past year, Tori shares her story about what life is like with Samantha, their journey, and also with Pride Night coming up on Friday when Evansville takes on UIC at Meeks Family Fieldhouse. Tori talks about the importance of exposure for those that are struggling or trying to come out with their sexuality, and uh, Tori shares some advice with that. It's a good conversation. It's an important conversation, so hope you stick with us for episode 13 of Aces on the Air. Before we get started, I want to thank Tyrone's for sponsoring Aces on the Air and remind Evansville fans that when you come to the game this Friday, and also any Evans Women's Basketball Game this season at Meeks Family Fieldhouse. You can grab a $3 off voucher for your next trip to Tyrone's. You can pick those vouchers up at the admissions table when you arrive. So let's get to it. Episode 13 covers a lot. Aces on the air with Tori Yaros from Evans Women's Basketball. Hope you enjoy. Coach, thanks for coming on this week. How are you? I'm doing great, Jevin. Thanks for having me. So third season on staff. Overall, how have you enjoyed being at the University of Evansville? Everything's been great. Um, you know, I I always knew that I wanted to get into college coaching, uh, so I was very fortunate to get my foot in uh, at the Division One level with with Coach Robin. Um, there's been uh, a lot of challenges, but also a lot of a lot of blessings in that, uh, and, and just tremendous growth. Let's go back a few years ago. You mentioned you want to get into college coaching. So, how did you form that relationship with Robin? I'm assuming you you know met her somewhere else or had that connection. So, what is that relationship? You know, that's funny. You say you say uh, you assume I met her <laughs> somewhere else. We actually had uh, you know no prior connections. Um, it, it was a job uh, that I was very interested in. Uh, I did my research on Coach Robin. I saw that she had great success in helping to rebuild uh, Division One programs. Um, so that's something that kind of piqued my interest and intrigued me right away. I was very fortunate that I, I kind of threw my hat in the ring and uh, she picked me out of the pile and um, chose me to have a, a, a Zoom chat with. Um, and on our initial call, uh, it was just very organic. Um, even though we didn't have uh, you know, any connections, we just connected uh, right away. Um, and I knew that you know, 
for somebody building a program, it was important that our values and kind of our morals aligned. Um, I just wanted to, you know, learn and grow under a head coach that was going to do things the right way. And she certainly has. Say so now that you're in year three and working with her, you did your research before. What have you enjoyed <laughs> most about this experience, plus the other coaches around you? Uh, you know, it, it's been great. Um, like I said, getting my foot in the door, uh, there were a lot of things that I had to learn going from player to coach. Um, so in a lot of ways, I, I, not, a, I not that I was thrown into the fire, but I, I just had to learn things at a, at a very high pace. Um, but I've had, you know, I've been surrounded by great coworkers and, and you know, a, a great boss uh, that have supported me um, in my growth. One question about this year's group. I mean, the last two years we saw the progress with Coach Cher Wells. And, yeah. you know, the sports world, it can be up and down. Oh, this year hasn't gone how you guys were hoping it would. How have you and your role tried to stay positive with this group, understanding, hey, it's a young group. It's somewhat of a rebuild a year just with how things played out in the offseason. So in your role, how have you tried to stay positive with this group? I think just having an understanding uh, from being a, a player at the college level, at the professional level for so many years that this is just something that comes with it. Uh, you know, the highs and lows, uh, the good seasons, the rebuild seasons, seasons of growth. Um, so, you know, just just maintaining that understanding and, and trying to come in uh, to work every day, uh, just being relentlessly positive, positive, uh, you know, with myself, positive with my, my coworkers, positive with the student athletes and, and really just uh, through the growth and the struggles, just trying to find little ways every single day to help us grow. I mentioned you were promoted to recruiting coordinator in the off season. I mean, that's pretty self-explanatory recruiting coordinator, but what all goes into that? I mean, what are you in charge of and, and what's kind of your mindset with recruiting with this program? Yeah, sure. So I, you know, my job is to oversee all aspects of recruiting. Um, you know, in, in the day and age of the transfer portal and, and only returning really four and now three players, um, it's, it's been difficult and it's something, you know, we're, we need to continue to grow our program. So we need to, um, build relationships with, uh, with high school prospective student athletes and, um, you know, ultimately try to, uh, get good recruits to help uh, build this program. Now, you look back to whenever you played college basketball, kind of in the range of 2011 to 2016. So you're looking at about, you know, 10, 15 years ago. What do you think is the biggest difference in terms of having to recruit now? Because you went through that process yourself as a player. Now you're on the other side as a coach. So sure. what are some of the biggest differences outside of the transfer portal that stand out to you? You know, I'm going to be completely transparent and <laughs> saying, like, when you're a player, when I was a player, I won't speak for everybody, you just have no idea what goes on behind the scenes. Right. And, and I think that's a misconception. Uh, you know, people think it, you're a college basketball coach. All you do is coach basketball. No, there are so many different facets to, to what we do. Um, and recruiting is a huge part of that. So I, I guess I, you know, all that to say, I, I didn't understand what goes on behind the scenes in terms of recruiting and uh, how important it is to get on the phone, to build relationships, to build your network, um, to get out and see kids play and to ultimately try to get them on campus. You mentioned the building relationships. Do you feel like that's almost the number one most important thing outside of you want to get talented players, of course, totally. but you have to establish that relationship, right? You have to establish that relationship and you have to maintain that relationship. And I think that's what's what's uh, pretty challenging about recruiting. Um, you know, it, it's not just enough to get your your name out there you have to continue to show up for these kids to build relationships with them to build relationships with their family right so we'll talk about your playing days here in just a bit before that in terms of playing days college and professionally growing up 
for you. What was what was life like? I'm assuming you were very interested in sports. Let Aces fans know where you grew up and kind of what life was like for you as a kid. Yeah, sure. So I'm originally from uh, Cortland Manor, New York, uh, which is a, a suburb uh, in you know in Westchester, New York, uh, just outside New York City. Um, I, I grew up in the in the same house my, my whole life with my mom, my dad, my brother. Um, and my brother and I grew up playing sports. Um, I played, you know, I, I tried everything, um, you know, from, uh, from basketball, softball, I, I tried field hockey, lacrosse, volleyball, played throughout high school. Um, my brother was a, a big football player. He played division three at Brockport, um, and he played basketball as well. So sports were just a big part of, part of life growing up. When do you think you knew, Hey, I have a chance to play the next level when I really want to, was there a certain moment you think? Yeah. So it's funny, uh, in elementary school um, when we graduated fifth grade um, next to our headshot every kid wrote down what they wanted to be when they grew up and I still have a, a picture I took of my of my yearbook in, in elementary school and I said uh, WNBA player yeah. um, so I knew from a very early age that I wanted to play professional basketball I didn't know what that meant um, but I, I just saw you know I saw some some of the uh, women on TV and I saw them playing at the college level and the pro level and I, I said I want to be like that um, so, you know, basketball was always my love, my favorite. Um, but my parents were really good about just throwing me into all sports, um, you know, and, and keeping me, you know, very active throughout my childhood. You mentioned watching some players on TV. Who are some players you like to watch and maybe try to emulate some on the court? Yeah, so I, I grew up watching uh, Lisa Leslie. Yeah. Um, I really liked her, and I just admired her because uh, she was the first woman to dunk in a basketball game, um, which I always thought was was so you know so cool. Um, and then as I got a little bit older, uh, especially being from the Northeast, uh, I watched UConn a lot. Mm -hmm. I loved Diana Taurasi. I loved Sue Bird. Um, so the, those were the kind of the players that I that I tried to emulate. I'm sure your parents very important in your life in terms of being a role model in your path as, as a player and now a coach. Um, who are some other maybe role models in your life that are very important to you? Uh, you know, I would say... Uh, it's funny because uh, we're, we're still good friends to this day. Uh, when I was a freshman in high school, um, I played, uh, I had the opportunity to play at the varsity level, um, which was really cool. We ended up being 27-0 and that year and winning a state championship. Um, but I got to play uh, alongside my friend who was a senior at the time. Her name is Sarah Benichek. Um, and she still, you know, is, a, is an A coach and, uh, you know, to this day. And she's still very, very involved in, in basketball. And uh, she was someone that I just looked up to. I, I thought she was so cool. Um, we won't tell her I said that, um, but, but yeah, you know, she, different positions. Uh, she was more of a, you know, she could play uh, point guard. Uh, she could play off the ball as well. Um, she could shoot the crap out of it. Uh, she, you know, really good assist. She saw the floor very, very well. Um, and she was just a leader, vocal leader. Uh, she did the right thing on, on and off the court. For Aces fans listening that didn't get a chance to watch you play, how would you describe yourself as a player then? Oh boy. <laughs> um, you know, I, as a player at the college level, um, I, I played the five. Um, and that was a kind of a rude awakening when I got to the next level because uh, at 6'2", I was probably a, a bit undersized to play the five, but I made it work. I just wanted to uh, be a consistent player. Um, my senior year, I won uh, the NCAA statistical category for uh, most double-doubles in a season. Mm -hmm. um, so, I, man, I don't know. I think it was like 23 double-doubles um, that I recorded that season. So, you know, I, I wanted to uh, score the ball, but I also wanted to help my team win by by 
collecting those rebounds. So that was a big part of my game. Sure. Talking about your college playing days now, you started at Vanderbilt, right? And yeah. then you transferred to uh, Marist College, which yes, is in I, New York. Yeah. Some Aces fans maybe not familiar with Marist College. Sure. Um, so kind of describe what type of school that is. It is a Division One school. Mm-hmm. Um, so just take us through that, what your experience there was like. Yeah, sure. So so Marist is a small private school um, in, in Poughkeepsie, New York. Um, so it's about 45 minutes away from where I grew up. Um, so, you know, playing at Vanderbilt my, my freshman year uh, and then, you know, entering the transfer portal, I wanted to play somewhere that was closer to home. Um, and Marist at the time, I mean, it was it was a dynasty um, winning uh multiple uh multiple mac championships in a row um you know they were they were uh able to advance to the ncaa sweet 16 um so there was definitely appeal an appeal of playing closer to home and playing for a championship program uh with a very uh very um you know reputable coach coach georges I know early in your career, so you, you transferred, you had to sit out of season. Yeah. Then the next season, you were hurt after playing just one game, right? Um, and then you were able to stay on the court, had you know a good couple of years at Marist College. You mentioned a dynasty. You played in the NCAA <laughs> tournament. So what was that experience like and feeling? You, you've done a lot in the game of basketball. Sure. Playing in the NCAA tournament, what was that like for you? It was so cool. Um, it, you know, it's, it's really cool. I, I would say – even greater than that is just the opportunity to win a championship. My, my, you know, winning Mac championships were, that was the goal every single season. That was something that we talked about every single day. Um, and, you know, cutting down the net at the end of the year, um, that feeling is something that I will remember my entire life. Now, you, so you've been a part of a lot of successful teams as a player, and now you're here as a coach and, yeah. again, trying to rebuild this program a bit. So what are some keys you think in your role as the recruiting coordinator as, as a coach, day in and day out, to rebuild a program and become successful? What are some keys you think here at the University of Evansville? Yeah, sure. Well, something we talk about uh, often is play to win. Um, and so it's important in recruiting uh, prospective student athletes that they have a winning mindset, a championship mindset, uh, a championship mentality. Um, we really want um, kids who know what it's like to be a winner. Um, and that, that encompasses, I mean, that's on and off the court, right? Um, we talk about winning habits, um, how you prepare for a game, um, your mental focus, things like that. You had a successful professional career. You played five seasons. You played for teams in, hope I get this right, Poland, <laughs> Italy, Greece, Israel, Australia, yes. Lithuania, and Puerto Rico. I did, that, yeah. That's, that's a lot of stops. It is. <laughs> it is. I, I think I was really spoiled uh, to, to play in so many places that were my city. It was so close to the beach. So I got really spoiled after a while, and I think now I'm paying for it being landlocked in Indiana. <laughs> <laughs> How do you think those experiences, whether it be on the court or off the court, you know, you got acclimated to a lot of different environments, I'm sure. So how did that experience, more so off the court, you think, form you and who you are today? Yeah, so my my first experience in Europe, um, my first stop was Lithuania. Yeah. Um, and although it was a Euro Cup team, so we, we had the opportunity to compete in Euro Cup and we, we traveled and um, it was an amazing, amazing experience. Um, you know, it was my first contract. Uh, so, so, you know, there were some aspects of it that were tough. Um, but as a, as an American, uh, going to Europe for the first time, um, I admittedly, I, I just didn't immerse myself into the culture as much as I would have as an adult now. Sure. Um, so, you know, I kind of, I, I stuck, you know, hung around, you know, stuck to myself. 
Um, I was a little bit more introverted. I didn't want to try new things, new foods, new traditions. Um, you know, I was all about my grind. Like I was all about basketball. Uh, wake up every morning, uh, you know, go to our lift or conditioning. I would go back to my apartment make some lunch, get my feet up. And then the evening I do it all over again, go back to practice. Um, so I, I just kind of stayed within, within my bubble. Um, and then in other experiences, I was way more open. Um, you know, I wanted to make more friends. I wanted to try new things. I wanted to travel, um, and just get out of my comfort zone, uh, and, and spend less time watching Netflix. In terms of, of on the court experiences there with your professional stops, how much different was playing, um, out of the States versus playing here. I'm sure that was an adjustment as well. Yeah, for sure. Uh, you know, European style basketball, it, it's different uh, in every country, um, but it's it's a lot more physical at the professional level. Um, and, you know, I, I think Americans kind of garner this reputation of being a little bit uh, spoiled and whiny. So initially, I, you know, my <laughs> in some of my first experiences, I would, I would you know, cry and complain for calls and uh i would there was just no sympathy (laughs) there was no sympathy so i kind of had to shift my mentality and um kind of adjust to the way that the game was being called um and yeah i think it just ultimately made me tougher now you did have two stints with the dallas wings the WNBA. i know you signed back in 2016 and then before coming to evans we had a training camp invite as well yes the first and i'm asking because i don't know uh, when you signed in 2016 did you make the roster and play some for them or what was that like? Yeah, sure. So I'll take you back. Um, I had signed with an agent um, after my uh, college season ended. um, And my dream was to be, you know, called in the draft. Um, So I watched, I remember watching the draft with my mom and my dad uh, on the couch in our living room. Um, And, you know, my agent was feeling pretty positive. Um, I had been to um, you know, a couple, uh, exposure events where, um, several teams had, had watched me play, uh, work out in private. I'm sorry. Um, so, you know, I knew some of those teams, uh, I knew that they were, they were kind of on the radar. Um, and I didn't hear my name called in the draft and I was disappointed. Um, but literally the following day, my agent called and he said, Hey, uh, you know, the Dallas wings called, uh, their GM wants you to come out for, for training camp. So, um, you know, what do you think? Mm-hmm. Um, and there was no hesitation. I was like, yes, yes, yes. Um, and the GM, uh, Greg Bibb, um, we're still in contact to this day. He's a, he's a great dude. Um, he gave me a call about an hour later. Um, and so I was, I was just super excited. Um, and yeah, flew out that week and, and had an opportunity to, uh, to play in training camp. Um, made it through the full training camp. Um, after our last, uh, preseason game, um, you know, I spoke with Greg, had a great conversation with, uh, with him. And, uh, he just told me, you know, thank you for coming out. You, you helped to make training camp competitive and we loved having you here. We're excited to continue to watch you grow as a player, you know, when you go overseas and, um, we'll give you an opportunity, another opportunity if we have one. Yeah. So throughout that process of going through training camp, was it pretty surreal for you knowing, hey, you mentioned as a kid you are growing up watching all these WNBA yeah. players, you wanted to be like them, now you had a chance. It had to be a surreal moment for you, right? Totally. Um, yeah. It was it was super surreal. And, and even in, you know, 
my own locker room, even in the Dallas Wings locker room at the time. You know, Glory Johnson was on the team, Skylar Diggins, Odyssey Sims, um, Aaron Phillips. So I'm just in this locker room surrounded by 13 other, you know, 13 superstars. Mm -hmm. um, so I constantly had to remind myself, like, hey, you belong here. Now, you've had a lot of different roles in basketball, as I've yeah. mentioned. And I like to ask, I've asked Coach uh, Cher Wells this, and we had a couple players on earlier this year. The progress of women's sports is a big thing. I think we've seen it over the last handful of years. So from you know where you were at as a player 10, 15 years ago in college to where the game is at now, in what positive ways have you seen the game grow for, for women's sports, you think? It's been it's been tremendous. I just think there's more exposure um, on social media, um, on television. More games are being broadcast. More people are talking about women's sports, uh, you know, not just women's basketball, women's sports in general, which I think is really, really cool. Um, and it's awesome to see that these women have a platform um, you know, and, and they're just so well known. What still needs to change, you think, in terms of women's sports? Again, we're moving in the right direction, yeah, sure. but what still needs to change, you think? I just think we, we need even more of it. Uh, you know, I think it's it's not something we can take our foot off the gas. Um, you know, we, we need more exposure. We need more games on TV, uh, you know, the same coverage as, as men's sports um, because there are people that, that do like women's basketball, and it's, you know, these, these NBA stars now, uh, you know, seeing them supporting uh, the women um, at, at these games, it's just a testament. It shows how how much, um, you know, they value women's sports and, you know, other members of the community should value them as well. Now off the court, uh, you got married uh, this past yeah, year in 2023 <laughs> to your wife, Samantha. Yes. Um, take us through that. How did how did you guys meet and what does Samantha mean to you? Sure. Uh, well, we actually met years ago. Um, I believe it was 2011. Mm -hmm. um, we met at a uh, college basketball tournament, a Thanksgiving tournament in the Virgin Islands. Um, so she played for Purdue. Mm -hmm. Um, and I was playing for Marist at the time, but I was injured. Um, so I had a, I, I had broken my wrist. Um, we met, um, it was, it was nothing more than that. Um, but years later we reconnected in Italy. Um, so we were playing in the same league. Uh, she played for the Italian national team as well. Um, but we were playing in the same league in Italy. Um, so we, we played against each other. And her college point guard um, at Purdue was my point guard in Italy. Okay. Um, so, you know, KK Hauser, that's that's how uh, how we met. She she uh, introduced us again, I guess you could say. And we and we reconnected in Italy. Well, coming up this Friday, when you guys take on UIC, it is Pride Night at the game. So yeah. we talk about, you know, visibility for women's sports and progress and visibility here with Pride Night. What does that mean to you to have an event like that for the home game for you? What does that mean to you? It's awesome because I feel like it's something that um, even five, ten years ago would would wouldn't wouldn't be a thing, mm -hmm. right? Um, so, so it's really cool. Um, it's it's nice that my wife she is retired now. Uh, she retired uh, last season, so this is going to be her first uh, Pride game that she'll get to attend. Um, and I, I think it's just really cool the uh, the exposure um, and the platform that we're giving you know a, a cause like this you know for people that are maybe struggling with their sexuality we talk about pride night yeah. um, whether it be in sports or away from sports so what is some advice you would share with those people oh boy um, I, you know I think the there's a bit of advice that gets thrown around that I that I this might be controversial. I don't I don't really agree with it. Um, you know, it's like be just be yourself. A lot of people say be yourself, and I think not everybody is in an environment or a position um, to feel like they're comfortable or safe to be themselves. Um, so I think you know just my advice would be um, you're loved, um, you deserve love, um, and and you matter. 
Um, I think it's, I think it's pretty simple, you know, coming out looks different for everybody. Um, for some people, um, you know, it's a, a big announcement, like a big right. celebration. And for other people, kind of like myself and my story, it was just like a pretty, you know, confident, uh, you know, whisper. Um, you know, I told the, the people that are closest to me in my life, my family, my friends, um, you know, hey, this is my person. This, right. is, this is my partner. This is a part of me. And, and the people that truly support you and love you will, will accept that. What do you think still needs to improve in terms of acceptance? Because I think the sports world sometimes, unfortunately, does get frowned upon. It is getting better. So um, as you maybe give this message to other people in sports, what would you share with them in terms of accepting more people? Yeah, I, I, you know, I think it has been taboo uh, in the sports world, especially on the men's side. Um, but at the end of the day, uh, those things, you know, those things that happen off the court, they, they just don't necessarily matter. Um, so I, I almost, you know, while still advocating and, and giving a platform uh, for, you know, the LGBTQ community, um, like, does it matter at the end of the day? Like, right. focus on the sport, you know, and, and less on the personal lives of people because some people, you know, are comfortable, but other people are in situations or environments where they, they maybe aren't. You mentioned uh, your wife, Samantha, is retired from, from playing. Um, so does she have any interest in getting in coaching? What, what, is, what does she like to do or, or want to do maybe, you know, post-basketball? Not at all. <laughs> Not at all. She, she always jokes that there's, there's only room for one coach in the family. Um, and I think I have a, a little bit uh, more patience than she does in, in some areas. So I don't know that, she, that she's interested in that. Um, she is actually, uh, she's a, um, she studied kinesiology at Purdue. Um, so she's very interested in exercise science. Um, and she works with a, a business called Forge, um, which is a virtual, um, you know, um, fitness program, fitness and nutrition program. But she's also in the hiring process for uh, the Evansville Fire Department. I don't know if I'm allowed to share that, but um, <laughs> I can say, you know, uh, although she has a, a background in exercise science and kinesiology, she's also interested in, in fire. Yeah. Um, so that's something that she she's probably going to pursue here uh, in the next couple months obviously basketball is is common between you two uh, that's something <laughs> you guys share from from your playing days but yeah. uh, what else do you guys enjoy doing maybe away from basketball get away from work what are some of your favorite hobbies um, so outside of basketball, uh, we love, I mean, we're both, uh, very active. Mm -hmm. Um, we lead an active lifestyle. So we just l enjoy doing the simple things. We like going to the gym together. Um, but we also enjoy going hiking. Um, we have an ATV, so we love going four wheeling. <laughs> uh, we have three dogs. Um, so we, we love walking them and taking them for hikes. Um, and we just love to travel. Mm -hmm. And I think that playing overseas, both of us playing overseas, she played for 10 years. I played for six. Um, I think that, you know, even further, further built our love for travel and just immersing ourselves in different cultures and trying new things and different experiences like that. So for our honeymoon, we actually went to Peru um, okay. and it was our first trip to South America, which was amazing. Save all your stops out of the States. Do you have one favorite that you really enjoyed? Um, they're all so different, Jevin. Yeah, so yeah. it's, it's tough. It's tough to compare. Um, I had, you know, Italy's really, really near and dear to my heart because that's where I met my wife. Um, you know, I, that was, uh, it was a really good basketball league. Um, so I had some, some good experience there, both on the court and off the court. 
All right, let's finish up with this. We'll go back to this team right now as yeah. the Aces now get set for, for three straight home games coming up, um, You know, trying to get that first Valley win. And we talked about staying positive with this group. You, there are some bright spots. A couple of good freshmen, Nevaeh Thomas and Maggie Hartwick have played well, trying to get that consistency ar- around them. So as we kind of look toward the rest of the season, what are some keys, do you think, for this group to, to start playing some better basketball? I think it's important that we just stay unified. We stay together. Um, like you said, we've, we've had a couple bright spots and we've shown, um, you know, stretches, glimpses of being really competitive. Um, so I think it's important to try to channel, you know, those moments and, and just try to string a few more together. Well, Tori, we're glad to have you at the University of Evansville in year three. Glad we got a chance to talk and share your story. Uh, thanks for your time and best luck the rest of the season. Thank you, Jevin.